What is up, Maple Leafs fam? You're listening to the Leafs Convo. It is game day. The Leafs and Bruins from Boston. Their series opener is tonight. Can't wait for it. We're going to break it down. We're going to get hyped up. And we're going to get moving in the right direction towards what could be a very long playoff run for those Maple Brothers. Ladies and gentlemen, the Leafs Convo starting now. Combo without the one and only Mike Odjello from Western New York. Not much. So here he is. Hello, Michael. Happy game day. Good morning, Norman. Yes, happy game day. It's uh, the we're finally getting to the action of this much ballyhooed and discussed series. And uh, for Leaf fans, I just hope that uh, it's not the outcome similar to what happened last night with Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Although I think the Leafs are a much better team than Philadelphia, but that was a that was a stomping by the Penguins, and uh, I'm hoping for a competitive and very interesting uh, game tonight. Is Philadelphia good, Mike? In your opinion? No, they're well. The it's mit, the 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 you know the game last night was mitigated by the fact that Brian Elliott is playing at about sixty percent. He's injured. Um, their defense is young, um, so Pittsburgh just really just took advantage of both of those things and. Uh, it just shows the, the lack of confidence in Peter Morazic that they may be going mm-hmm. back to Elliott again in game two. So, yeah, I, Pittsburgh is just – I mean, they're so finely tuned right now in the playoffs and have so much experience that they're probably just going to walk all over Philadelphia. So there is a disparity in talent between the Penguins and Flyers, clearly. Yeah, up front especially. I mean, I, you know, don't get me wrong. Giroux and Voracek and, you know, Wayne Simmons is apparently playing hurt. So, you know, the Flyers have some good young forwards and they have uh, a, a really good young defense. But, you know, with the experience that Pittsburgh has, I think they're just taking advantage of that. And there's no support in that for them. So that's why it's. Uh, okay, Mike, what kind, of, what kind of disparity do you think there is between the Bruins and the Maple Leafs? You can't think that it is great a distance um, that, that we, that was demonstrated with the penguins and flyers. No, no, I, I, I actually have this as a fairly even series. I did a, like a side-by-side breakdown ma- uh, matchup of the, uh, of the two teams for uh, the sporting news. that will be out sometime this, uh, this morning, early this afternoon. And I gave the Leafs a slight advantage in goal. I think Freddie Anderson, um, you know, he got some rest at the end of the season, and I think he started to show some wear and tear. You know, his goals against ballooned to like 3.5, and his save percentage dipped under 900 for the last five weeks of the season. But he got, he did get some rest, and when he's rested, he's, I think, one of the better goaltenders in the league. Tuka Rask is, was not overworked this year. He only played in the, like in the 50s. Um, mm-hmm. And usually, usually he's been worn down. So I think the Leafs have a slight advantage in goal. I think they have an advantage in coaching. Although you know Bruce Cassidy is an ex- is a experienced coach. So, but Babcock has the resume of all resumes. Um, I think there's a big disadvantage between the the Leafs and the, and the Bruins on defense. You know, McAvoy, Krug, and Chara as compared to Riley, Hainsey, and Gardner, uh, to, to, my, to my mind, is a determining factor in mm-hmm. the series. No, no, we'll, we'll see. Like I said, it's close. I think the forwards are even, the power play and the penalty killing are even. That's why I have it going seven games. Let me ask you, Mike, do you think the Leafs are on 
a tra- uh, trajectory towards getting into a Stanley Cup final and perhaps winning it at some point? Sure, I, I definitely do. Uh, but the trajectory is going to be affected by what happens in this series or in this playoffs. Mm-hmm. If they, you know, if they beat Boston and go up against Tampa in the second round and give them a, a run for their money, but lose or even win, you know, then they they've realized where they are and they may be one or two pieces away from, you know, being that Stanley cup winner that mostly fans have been dreaming about for the last 51 years. But if they lose in the first round, then I think, you know, with the, the exodus of JVR and Bozak and maybe Komarov and a few others, you know, that's where Lou Lamorello and Brendan Shanahan are going to have to decide what direction do we go? Do mm-hmm. we go and get that number one defenseman? We'll talk about that in the future. But really, I think they, you know, if depending on how they play will determine what they do in the next few months and then the next few years. Last year against Washington, they went six games. Uh, goal in overtime. Uh, was it Kapanen who's, who scored the goal in overtime in Washington? Yeah, and both. And Bozak scored. And Bozak scored the overtime winner at home in Game Three, I believe. Yeah, five of the six games went to overtime. So, it, it, but it was a very it, close. But in terms of goodwill and, and trust and expectation, the Leafs at that point were playing with house money, just getting into the playoffs on a run, mm-hmm. exciting. You could you could feel the energy. You can feel the development. They were playing with house money this year. If, if they lose in seven to Boston, but it's a hard-fought series and, and there are, there's a sense that better days are yet to come, is, is, this, is, is the result uh, – can we, can we live with the result and say that's fine? Or is there pressure here to beat Boston, um, exercise the demons from, that still linger from 2013, and start moving mm-hmm. forward? Does this team need to start moving forward now? I mean, you're right. Last year, I think there was absolutely no pressure on them. I mean, for people who wanted to see them win around the the loss to Columbus at the end of the year that made them face Washington was was not great. It, I, I believe they would have played Ottawa in the first round, and I'm convinced they would have beaten the Senators, even though the Senators went to the, went to the conference final and lost in Game 7. I think they would have beat Ottawa. This year, I think there's more pressure on them. There's more expectation on them. It's, you know, they made the playoffs last year. They bloodied their nose. Now they're coming up against a team that they're fairly close in talent level. You know, it's a, like I said, it's a fairly even series. And this is where, you know, the expectation of we've got Mike Babcock. We've got Austin Matthews. You know, we've got a deep team with 620 goal scorers. We are in this. We should win this. Well, yes, you should. But doesn't mean that you're going to. And sure. again, that's, that's where, you know, if they win great. And if they lose, that's where they have to reassess what they're going to do going forward. Because the goal of this team with Brendan Shanahan in control and Mike Babcock behind the bench is to win the Stanley cup. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of how long and what they have to do to do that. Well, we already know the reputation of the Maple Leafs now is pretty solid. In 2013, when they lost in game seven, the, Bruins were two years removed from a Stanley Cup. They were still riding high with expectation. The Maple Leafs mm-hmm. at that point um, in almost, were almost an aberration. It was almost a fluke that they got into the playoffs. It was a shortened season. Uh, now, mm-hmm. I, I don't sense there's a lot of condescension aimed at the Leafs and their fans based on their futile history. 
there is an expectation here that the Maple Leafs are going to be one of the best teams in the league for the next five, six, seven, eight years. I don't know however long they can keep the thing together. So mm-hmm. there is a respect factor there, not only from the fans and the media uh, from, from Boston and around the league, but I'm sure Butch Cassidy and his team are not exactly itching to play the Maple Leafs here, but they're going to have to, and they're going to give it their all the same way Babcock and his team know that there's a massive challenge ahead um, in, in going up against the Bruins in a seven-game series to start the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. This is the Leafs combo. I'm Norm James, along with Mike uh, Jello. Mike Babcock, I believe that every penny that has been spent on him so far and will continue to be spent on him, and there are a lot of pennies there, absolutely worth it what mm-hmm. how does how does he have his team prepared for that first 10 minutes in boston tonight when the place is going nuts everybody's skating around the ice at 100 miles an hour there could mm-hmm. be some confusion um there there could be some disorientation what does he do to make sure that his team when the puck drops is just ready to play regardless of the ambiance regardless of the distraction well, it sounds like what he's going to do is rely on familiarity when it comes to early on in the series. I don't think he's going to line juggle. Uh, I think he's going to stick with the lines that were together at the end of the season. You know, that means Hyman, Matthews, Nylander, uh, JVR, Bozak, and Connor Brown, uh, Marlowe, Kadri, and Marner, and the fourth line being Komarov, Plakanitz, and either Kapanen or Janssen, but I think Kapanen will start the series and, and the same defensive pairings as well. So he's going to rely on that and that on that familiarity early in the series, early in uh, in game one to, you know, so that, you know, to avoid that confusion and the early pressure that I'm sure the Bruins will want to, to put on, on the Leafs. But then I think based on how they play, he will, he will adjust accordingly. This is not somebody who is afraid to adjust. He may double ship Matt, double ship Matthews. He may match up, you know, move Komarov up to the second line with Marlowe and Kadri and match them up against Bergeron, Marchand and Pasternak. I mean, there's a number of things that he can do um, and he will do them. But I think at early on, I think he's going to maintain the status quo and see how the first game plays out. This from, my good friend on Twitter, who's been a uh, real help in promoting this podcast, at Jillian McLeod 05, via our friend as well, and uh, a former CHCH alum like myself, at Henny Tweets, Paul Hendricks. If you're into numbers and quirky stats and stuff, this is the 67th playoff appearance for the Leafs all time, and head-to-head with Boston in the postseason, the Leafs have a win-loss record of 34-34, and and he says, read, read into it such as you will. So that's a tweet from Paul Hendrick via Jillian McLeod, a big supporter of the Leafs combo on Twitter. Um, read into that as you will, Mike. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I try not to get mixed up in the numbers game too much because sometimes, I mean, I know that, you know, some people base their predictions and, what they think is going to happen solely on the numbers. But I, I found more than often that when you get into the playoffs, the numbers, they're an indicator, but they're not determinative. And I mean, I look at Frederick Anderson having a 10 and one career record against Boston. And, you know, I'm sure Lee fans are rubbing their hands with glee at that prospect, but 
you know, that's the regular season and the playoffs are the playoffs. They're different animals. So, I, I mean, it's good. It's better than being one and 10, but when game one, whether that those 10 victories mean anything other than maybe a little bit of self-confidence for Frederick Anderson. Mm-hmm. The Maple Leafs have plenty of scoring depth and head to head with the Bruins. They would be graded higher. Do you think that this series could come down to the performances of guys like Connor Brown, uh, of Thomas Plekinich, of Leo Komarov, of uh, maybe a Nazem Kadri? I'm not ex- maybe not expecting to have the steer- series stolen um, by someone like Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner, William Nylander, Bergeron, Marchand. Do you think? Mm-hmm some of the tertiary players, the support players may be the determining factor here. Maybe even somebody like Patrick Marlowe, who has all of that playoff experience, but again, was brought here to support the, the top guys. Do you, do you have a feeling that if, if whoever wins this series is going to come down to the, the supporting cast and whichever supporting cast stands out the greatest? Well, that's, I mean, that's the way it usually breaks in the playoffs. If you remember last year, Tom Wilson scores the overtime goal in game one. Marcus Johansson, it wasn't Kuznetsov, it wasn't Ovechkin, it wasn't Backstrom, it was Marcus Johansson who scores the goal in game six. So usually it's that it's that third, fourth liner, that mucker, that grinder who scores a, a key goal. Look, look at the Winnipeg-Minnesota goal, uh, Minnesota game last night. Joe Morrow scores the, the game-winning goal in the third period. So, yeah, I mean, it's very possible that a, a role player or a third liner on the Bruins or on the Leafs could have a, you know, an effect on the, the course of the series. I, I think it's going to come down to special teams because both teams have great power plays. Toronto's penalty killing is pretty decent. Uh, Boston's was third in the league. Um, the Leafs power play is wicked i mean it's it's been 25 percent effectiveness on the road and at, at home which is phenomenal but the problem is is they were 29th in the league in drawing penalties mm-hmm. and you need opportunities to score to be able to score on the power play and they're going to have to be better at drawing penalties or maybe take advantage of the fact that the Bruins are going to be try, try to be physical with them get opportunities and score and if they can do that then they have a leg up this is the Leafs Combo, Mike Angelo, Norm James. It's always fun to talk Maple Leafs hockey. It's so much fun to have you listening, folks. And tonight's just going to be incredibly wild. I cannot wait for it. Brad Marchand, I love the player. I think he's fantastic. He's nasty when he has to be. He can score. He's feisty off the ice. He is who he is. He's a, he's a decent cat. He's an emotional guy. If, if we don't like him when he's playing against us, we'd love him if he were playing for us there's an expectation that he's going to be out there pissing a lot of people off while scoring big goals. Who from mm-hmm. the Maple Leaf pisses him off? Who do you think can shadow him and get, get under his skin? Is it number 43? Well, according to, according to, and I, and I believe it was Kevin McGrath from the Toronto star wrote about this yesterday. And the talk about it happened after he was acquired, but apparently Thomas Placanitz, pisses off Brad Marchand, which I don't know how that's going to manifest mm-hmm. itself with Placanitz playing on a fourth line. But if Babcock is content with rolling his four lines and eventually, you know, a Placanitz line gets up against Bergeron and Marchand, you know, then maybe that gets under his skin. But I, I, I think it's going to be a Kamaroff or if, or if, uh, or if Boston tries to match 
line by line, Bergeron versus Matthews, a guy like Zach Hyman uh, really could get underneath the skin of Marchand. But the thing is, he seems to be immune to it. He Even when somebody tries to piss him off, he raises his piss-off quotient even higher and, and does it to somebody else. So I, I, I don't know. That that just plays into his, into his bailiwick. He loves to be that antagonist, that rat. And, you know, he, he thrives on it. So he certainly does. And you, you got to give the guy credit, Mike. I think the Maple Leafs can win this series. If, mm-hmm. if they can overmatch the Bruins offensively and just be, just be just too big and too strong in, in terms of talent uh, the, and, and play the game they want to play. And, and if, if they can overwhelm the Bruins, uh, offensively and and score score goals when they need to and um you know obviously tie things up defensively and and know that Boston wants to play that side but I believe that if the Leafs play the game they want to play and they can dictate the pace based on speed and just based on youth based on their talent and excellence and the expectation mm-hmm. that this team is really good and getting better then I feel the Leafs can win this thing in six. And the reason I say six, Mike, is because I don't want the Leafs playing a game seven back in Boston. And I'm not saying that this team would cough up a 4-1 lead. I think they could cough up a lead. But it, it would, it, wouldn't it just be a real um, a fitting conclusion to a series between Leafs and Bruins to go back to Boston for game seven to see if the Leafs could actually – truly exercise those demons from from five years ago however i'm going with the maple leafs in six because i think um you know i think their time to be great is coming and whether that the road to greatness accelerates starting now um remains to be seen but i just think offensively they're just too strong and too tough and can be too overwhelming and if they dictate the pace of play and boston's playing catch up with them trying to reduce the Maple Leafs' abilities offensively, um, I think it's going to serve well for the Buds. On the other hand, if the Boston Bruins get off to a great start tonight and the Leafs look tentative and they look a bit like the Maple Deer that we've come to want to forget, then it could be another series. But I'm going with the Maple Leafs in six, and heck, why not? Uh, I'm on the same page in terms of it being you know fairly even. And you know, if they do win, I think they'll win in six. I, I have the Bruins winning in seven because of this, what you just said. If they go to a game seven, I, I don't know if I can see the Leafs beating them in Boston in a game seven. I think that what the Bruins are going to do is they're going to try to muscle up on the Leafs. I think they're going to try to, you know, use their veteran savvy. And they're, you know, I think they've some, you know, Chara is still a force out there and they like to play, you know, they can play up tempo. They have young guys like DeBrusque and Dalton Heinen and uh, you know, who, who have, who have speed. So they've infused their lineup with speed, but they also have, you know, they added a Gianta who could be a fourth line guy. They added Rick Nash, who's going to play probably on the second line tonight. Um, they, they have guys like Adam McQuaid on the blue line who like to, who like to be physical. I mean, they, they, they can play a dual game. They can play a tough game and they can play a skill game. They only, they, they were in the top, I think, top five in offense as well. So, I mean, I think the determining factor is going to be whether the Leafs can break even against the Bergeron-Marchand-Pasternak line. If they do that, then I think they have a good chance of winning the series. But I've not seen them ever be shut down or ever be matched 
So that's why I'm, you know, I'm he- I, I, I wish I thought that they could yeah. win this series, but I think the Bruins are going to win in seven. Uh, we'll wrap up here in a second, Mike. The Leafs want to get to where the Bruins are and have been. Guys like Marshawn, Bergeron, Chara, Rask, they're winners. And the Maple yeah. Leafs have a collection of characters and talent that should be winners before their career, uh, their careers wind down. And this is an opportunity to unseat the Bruins as that next level team that you have to get past. If you want to go anywhere in the Eastern conference, this is a big opportunity for a team that has, is going to have plenty of opportunities to come. So why not get started now? And I mentioned number 43 earlier in, um, in this podcast, this is a real opportunity, this playoff series to come and who knows what's after for Nazem Kadri to elevate his status. We, we know that he is a fantastic two-way player. We know that he can score the guy, he's, he gets under people's skin. He can draw penalties. This, this could be Nazem Kadri's playoffs. And, and Austin Matthews is clearly the, will be the number one offensive talent on the ice in this series. But we know Nazem Kadri can play. We know he was there in 2013. He's got a, a burr uh, in his saddle. And he's got skill. And he could be that guy. What do you think? I think it's very possible. I, I think that at home... Um, in games three and four, the, the again the matchup will probably be Kadri one on one with Bergeron, and uh, you know Bergeron to me is the best two two way center in the game. Kadri is getting up there. He's dramatically improved his defensive game, and he's always had that and that uh, annoying quality that I think two way players thrive on. Um, so yeah, if he steps up his play, if he, if he can play defensively the way he has for most of the season and he can kick in offense, which will be necessary. I think they'll need him as a secondary offensive, uh, source after Matthews. Um, then yeah. And, and also he's a big part of their power play. So if, if he can step it up, it, that goes a long way to helping the Leafs beat the Bruins. Well, Mike, you and I, as fans, as people who have tried to, keep the name of the Maple Leafs alive through the media over the years of futility and the years of disappointment, um, wandering the wilderness. We have finally arrived, my friend. Not only you know, are we witnessing a team in the playoffs, but we're witnessing a team with um, plenty of capability about to embark on an incredible opportunity. So, Mike, it's been a pleasure getting to this point with you, and uh, let's continue on and see where it goes Enjoy uh, the opener tonight, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Norman. That's a wrap on our pre-series opener podcast. The Leafs are going to face such a huge test in the Boston Bruins, but it's a test I not only believe they can pass, but ace. And once they pass this test, they're off to the races. We know the Maple Leafs have the capabilities as a franchise to win a Stanley Cup one day. Is that far off in the distance? It may be, but it may also happen this season because the Leafs have the talent to make amazing things happen. You know it, I know it, and you know what? I believe the opposition and their fans know it. So buckle up, folks. Let's enjoy the ride. It's going to be an amazing time for however long it lasts, and let's hope it lasts into June. Don't forget to follow myself on Twitter. I appreciate it, at IamSportsHeart. And please follow Mike Augello, at Mike in Buffalo. 
tweet us. We'll tweet you back. I'm on a follow spree too. Follow me. I will follow you back. Thank you so much for listening to the Leafs Convo. We're not doing this without your support. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk to you soon.